What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. And in Brent's case, learn to drink bravely. Uh, some of that pre-workout last episode, he was getting a little jittery. Uh, this week looks like something a little different, but, uh, you know, we got your, your normal hobby stuff. We got things that we've been doing, things we've been taking care of. Brent and I are going on a trip pretty soon, which is interesting and exciting. We're going to get into that. Um, before that, uh, what 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 are you what are you drinking there, buddy? Uh, not pre-workout well, we this time? I just got diet Snapple tea here. Nothing, okay. nothing fancy, but I just try to do something, something a little different each time. You know, broaden the old horizons mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Not uh, too broad what, this time. <laughs> I'm going to start today with a hot tip. We're going to mm-hmm. jump right into it here. We got a lot to talk about today, and I don't know where this is going to end up, but we're going to start with painting. We're going to start with a hot tip. Okay. And my hot tip of the day is something that everybody who's ever done art before knows, but mm. it's something I've been dabbling in, and that's using reference images while painting. Okay. Okay. So here's the situation. I've been painting up a model of myself rowing a Viking canoe. <laughs> yep. And it's it's a very silly situation. That's a silly thing to say. Um... Yeah, you know, on, on the old Goobertown Hobbies channel, I haven't started doing sponsored ad reads or anything yet. But sometimes when a company comes to me, we find a just a silly way to work together. And in this case, Loot Studios wanted someone to promote their Viking set. I wanted to be a Viking. And so we, we worked a little deal, you know? So <laughs> anyway, I found deal. myself uh, printing and painting a really pretty good representation of my own face on a on a viking warrior paddling a canoe merrily down the stream mm-hmm. and you know as as part of this I, first of all i printed it off big because i thought it would be fun and so we're we're starting to get almost into bust size in terms of the size of the head yeah it's it, it's getting there it's getting there yeah uh the the limiting factor was how big I, big I could print the canoe in my printer, but I certainly could just print the paddling Brent and have that be a standalone piece. And I mm-hmm. and I actually did that, but I didn't I didn't really maximize that one yet. <laughs> but but anyway, we're we're getting into the size of face and head on a miniature or a model or a bust or whatever you want to call it, where just putting like down a flesh tone and then a flesh wash over everything, that's mm-hmm. not going to cut it. No. Or or actually I did do that on one of them and it turned out okay, but I mean it's a good just, start. Yeah. yeah, when when the forehead is that big, when the cheeks are that big, <laughs> yeah. You're going to get weird splotches if you're not really careful with that flesh wash. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough texture to really do anything with that wash, so it's just yeah, it's, it's just like tinting the skin more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, so on, you know, on your 28 millimeter faces, on your 32 millimeter faces, a lot of times they're nice and craggy, and a flesh wash does a good bit on them. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, depending on, on what your exact method is, maybe you, you throw a quick highlight on the bridge of the nose, on the, on the eyebrows, maybe on the cheekbones, call it a day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, on a much larger model, kind of feels like you should put some more effort in. And in this case in particular, like, it is a good representation of my face. The sculptor did a very nice job 
like they really put in the effort and if i'm just gonna slap down dwarf skin and then chuck flesh wash over it it's it's not good enough it's not good enough it's it's poor it's poor <laughs> yes it's yes you're doing just no letting justice the sculptor do all of the work is <laughs> it's not cool it's not cool no and i mean to be fair like it would actually look decent because the sculpt is so good but yes i, I wanted to do i wanted to do more i um you know, I, I do not consider myself to be very good at all at painting faces. Uh, it is the most common part of the mini where I get frustrated and I repaint over everything and try again. But in this case, yeah, I wanted to paint a large face without using washes, but still trying to get some color variation in there, some some shadows, make it look realistic. So I did the reference image thing. I went through some of the stupid thumbnail photos that you make me take, Casey, mm -hmm. and I just like zoomed way in on some goofy pictures of my face, and I I just tried to be like analytical about it. You know, I put it into PowerPoint. I used the color drop tool. I just went around like, okay, here's here's a peachy color. Here's a pallid color. Here's you know. Mm -hmm. Here's some splotchiness. Here's some massive bags under the eyes, and just <laughs> yeah, being <laughs> but no, being being real analytic, trying to convey a human face by yeah. actually looking at a human face and figuring out, you know, I mean, it's just it's just a couple colors of flesh tone. Like, uh, like what what I ended up doing is just taking kind of a pale flesh tone and a deeper flesh tone and mixing them together in various ratios and looking at the looking at the picture and you know i uh if you're watching the youtube channel right now i don't know if you can see it but um like just on the cheekbones there's there's a pretty uh, strong variation in color sometimes between the top of the cheekbone that's really catching some light and then as you go down the the cheek you're you're either getting a little bit of shadow or you're just getting the natural rosiness of the cheeks and so sometimes the color transition is pretty sharp there mm -hmm. um you know I was noticing other things like there's you know as the forehead is curving up there comes a point where you're getting a a tangent line or something where you're getting some solid reflection off of this forehead yep and actually on the brow ridge you're also getting some reflection but in between you're kind of getting a midtone mm-hmm and and just a lot of things like that you know under under the lower lip in the soul patch region that's a darker color than uh, a lot of the rest of the face or you know the shadow there's an actual shadow cast by the nose um i mean all this stuff makes sense all of this stuff is not surprising but it's worthwhile just to look at an image of the thing you're trying to paint and trying to reproduce that and so, yeah, just mixing up a few flesh tones, putting them in places that the picture is telling me to put them in. And, I mean, in this case, I really have no excuse because you make me take a lot of pictures of my face. <laughs> and a sculptor made a pretty good version, a 3D version of my I face. Mean, and so it's pretty damn good. Like, yeah, this is... Nobody it, could it question is. that sculpt. It is, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. there have been a couple where it's like, okay, that's, that looks like Brett. You know, yeah. like, like the, the first, I think the first one you had where you're running from, uh, something like the, the little Johan, you know, stand yeah, in the Titan forge. Johan. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that does look like you. 
Um, but more, more because the idea about it, like you got the cats, you know, and it's the hair. And so you paint that up to look like Brent and all of a sudden, oh yeah, yeah, it is. That's Brent, you know? And and I'm not saying they did a a bad job, but like this sculpt is legit. Like printed out in gray resin is straight up your face. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And straight up the... The Instagram post that was just a zoom in of the gray resin resin print of that mini <laughs> is yeah. my best Instagram post by a lot. Yeah, like that that got the most likes and most comments and everything because <laughs> um, everybody sees it, see it. Yeah, because <laughs> the people recognize, and you know, I think that that Titan Forge one where I'm running away, I'm holding the cats, and I'm running away from a monster. That is a pretty good. That 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 looks like me. Um, and you're holding one right now. I am, yeah. Honestly, that one makes me a little self-conscious because they they gave me the amount of forehead that I actually have. They ha- they showed ah! my my slightly receding hairline here just a little too honestly. I feel. And, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I will. Uh, you know what? You know what I'll do. Uh, Matt got Matt. He's, he's I, yeah. I keep putting models up on camera like this, and, and he's like, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing that. I will. I will try and get a, a photo of this. I'll, I'll get in with the camera on this, and uh, and you can be the judge, dear audience. Um, let us know at uh, YouTube.com/slash Paint Bravely the podcast down in the comments. You know what kind of yeah. forehead is on this model? <laughs> so actually, um, a very talented painter did that one did that model recently like in the last week and put it up really? on, on instagram and reddit and who? a beautiful paint job and uh um, yeah to whom? you don't know who it is you have to know who it is come on it's like memorized right you memorize that maria something german name uh, and it's a, no offense uh, uh did a very on good the job. spot no that's fine I'm, uh, I'm just putting you on the spot uh, um, i'm just saying because i need to uh immediately look that up and i have no way of doing that if you don't know okay who did we'll, that. so we'll, we'll place that in this this actually is important because i i am honored and it was a really good paint job and yeah. um yeah, the, the artist did the appropriate thing of taking the pictures of Brent holding the cats, running away from big monsters, and beautiful paint jobs and beautiful photography. So I, I am nice. honored in that made by day. Uh, so, yeah. Now, okay, <laughs> so then the question the, is... Let's did, definitely did, get uh, the link to that Instagram page in here. So. I, I want to see it. I need to see that. Like, yeah. that has to be a thing. Uh, I mean, you know what you should probably actually do? Um, and I know this is, like, kind of beside the point, but... Take all of the models of yourself that you have now, like, traded for, <laughs> which I think is great, um, and start a hashtag with with your name, like, it's either, like, Goobertown model or, or like, Brent something, normally, you know what I'm saying? Like, normally people do at the Goobertown, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, they, they'll, they'll at you, right, they'll... They'll tag you in the photo, but I'm saying... But you're talking about you want, really curating a hashtag. Yeah, yeah. yeah like okay. actually having your own specific one so that every time somebody paints a little Brent, or in this case, a big Brent in a boat, <laughs> then uh, that gets dumped somewhere so that you have every one of them. And then, at least once a year, you go through the catalog of Brent and you rate the Brents. Oh, yeah. 
No, I'm I'm just honored that anyone would spend time on these things. That's I mean, the I'm thing. especially they honored are. when they turn out like really, really good. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, it's a good place to have them. You go through them. Look, Casey, this is why I tried to start with a hot tip of the week because right. I knew we were just going to go on some <laughs> stupid tangent. And here we just went into the most self indulgent being. Oh, I know. You're right. It, it is too. This is the like the most narcissistic like thing yeah, you could ever be, have. I was trying to be as, as clinical and professional no. about, um, yeah, the, the time mean, to really learn to paint faces when you have absolutely no excuse. Like, yeah. Paint your own uh, face because you should know it. This really is for me a learning experience of okay, okay we're going to sit down and we're going to do this. We're not going to rely on Reichland flesh shade. We're not going to rely on you know flesh tone from Army Painter. We're going to actually look at the colors of flesh on a real human under whatever lighting I'm under right now, and we're gonna mm. we're gonna try to reproduce that on a 3D model. And that's yeah. what I did, and. The fact that it's a 3D model of myself paddling a Viking boat that's loaded up with like some cats and stuff. Yep. I mean, it's related. You know, it's it's not an irrelevant point. Um, no. But uh, <laughs> uh, look, we've got to get off of this. What, what have you been up to, Casey? We'll, oh, you we'll know, circle just back to talk looking about looking at myself in a, a mirror and. <laughs> Just We're dreaming. just digging ourselves a really stupid narcissistic hole oh, here. So let's, I'm uh, not. I'm not digging that hole. You're associated. You are tied to me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do. I mean, I I literally yeah. I have a mini Brent, and I I was able to just pull that out. So like, yes, I suppose I am tied to this somewhat. Uh, but this is not my fault. <laughs> I did not make this deal. Like, I will encourage it 100 percent because, um. I think that uh, having you as a model in a boat just sounds uh, delightful. And I'm going to print that out. And I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but there there are things I think that, that could be done with that model. You know, it's just like you running away from things. Like, so I don't know, I don't know what those things are yet. It's actually a really good one. My plan is to take one of the big ones into my co-working space. It's actually a pretty good model <laughs> for, for sitting on a desk. Are you just going to sit in your co-working space, bring us some paints, and just a few no. hours sit there and paint yourself and see if anybody yeah. looks over? So, so I'm only in the co-working space a, a couple of times per week, and there's there's other people there, but I think a lot of people are also there kind of sporadically. And sure. So a lot of times it's, you know, ships passing in the night, and oh, I wonder I wonder who sits at that desk, and I've, I've seen this person once or twice, you know, it's that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But... I think it would be really funny just to start like accumulating weird <laughs> models of like, the same face, like in this like, in this, this office. Desk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I. Yes, that is a yeah. great use for that. Uh, you know, have you thought about this too? Like, you in a boat is the perfect Christmas present. Oh no, I've thought about this. I've thought about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I come. I mean, you don't even have to necessarily do a lot to it yeah no i've i mean again this is like weird and narcissistic and sad but yes i've passed off models of myself as christmas presents yes that's what i'm talking about for the last one or two years yes yes uh, that's so good that is so good <laughs> uh of course 
man, you turned it right back around. But oh these... yeah, that's that's that was the plan. <laughs> yeah, Arch Archvillain Games had their their rat set, their their totally yes. not Skaven set, and there was totally like a big rat ogre. I like that set. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a rat ogre that had like a gallows mounted to his back. Yes, and there was a figure that looks a lot like me hanging by the ankles off mm-hmm. of the back of this rat ogre. Yeah, and that is a perfect Christmas ornament Ooh. because it's because it's just hanging by the feet. Right. It's it's me. I've got my my you know my <laughs> hands interlaced behind my head and the hair oh, yeah. you know flowing awesome. yeah. falling from from my head and just a big <laughs> smile on the face of course and uh, see and that that reminds that me I have that set and I need to that was why I I mean this basically why I got that set anyways. Um I mean I am a patron of theirs so you know, whatever, but uh, to to have that and somehow clip that out and individually print that off for other projects is is my goal. Um, you know, like I've got I've got some stuff that has like a screaming bell from Games Workshop, like a big old wood, uh, wooden and, and stone archway with a big bell in the middle. It's like, well, I'll just throw a big Brent in there instead. It's much better. <laughs> like, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Just those like little conversions, right? <laughs> I mean, this is what we call viral marketing, Casey. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. if you're getting into 3D printing and you're checking out the minis from these different companies and there's just this one goober that keeps looking back at you no matter which company right, you're, right. you're printing from, <laughs> who, who's this guy? What's this old goober up to? I've well, seen this guy before. It's funny that the literal three companies that I subscribe to for monthly STLs have all done now a Brent. Those are the only companies I subscribe to currently. So yeah, um, in marketing, it's it's is it the it's the rule of three, right? Recognition. So you'll see something once, you not really think about it. You see it a second time, go no, that's kind of familiar, and then you see it a third time, and it sets in, and you go that is a thing, and right, I now recognize that, that thing. Brent, yeah. Yes. So so seeing that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there if there are people that that are kind of on that train. They they see it the first time, they don't think about it because it's just, oh yeah, it's a Johan type guy running away from something. You know, second time they're like, that's that's real familiar. You know, right? he's hanging from these gallows. That's weird. Why is he smiling so much? Like, why is this weird dude happy? <laughs> and then yeah, you in a boat with two cats like that. That just that brings it back. Brings it back to the whole thing. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh that's that's my plan. It's not it's not pure weird narcissism. It's not it's not it's just wanting to work with a three D printer company but not being willing to do the taxes involved with <laughs> taking paid sponsorships. It's uh I mean <laughs> it's all those things. I mean it's it's all mixed in and uh look, you're you're stalling, Casey. What's your hot tip of the week? Here? I was not stalling. I have no you hot tips. You were absolutely stalling. No. <laughs> I don't I don't have a um Mm, you looking around, <laughs> looking around. You're just uh, police doubt fire, Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. Uh, that right. movie is on Disney Plus now. This week, I just got there. I'm literally mm-hmm. looking around the room, looking for something that I can talk about. I don't I mean, have a hot just talk about movies. We do that sometimes. I mean, Why I don't like wait till like a little later in the podcast once people are really, really committed. But that's true. It depends honestly, on on how deep point, people in. already have their phones in their pocket. They're not. You know, they're not pulling Problem. it out right oh, now. Oh, that's a good point, ahead. actually. Like, right what is now, the average... I'm curious what movies we're going to talk about. 
Um, yeah, I I don't have a hot tip. All right, so so I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go deep into anything. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna throw it out. I'm gonna like plant the seed, do the foreshadowing. I think I'm I think I'm starting to get pretty interested into naval combat. Naval uh, so, combat. Huh? Yeah. So so a couple of things. One. I've been I've been listening to uh Dan Carlin Hardcore History. So I just listened to the the War in the Pacific uh mm-hmm. podcast and I don't know, you know, learned learned about the Battle of Midway and all that stuff and you know, as far as miniature games go, I am one of the people that feels a little bit weird about historicals like in the like World War II region. Sure. Um you know, I get that bolt action is popular. Mm-hmm, but I just mm-hmm. feel a little bit weird about like, yeah, my grandfather threw a grenade at your grandfather and your grenade grandfather just lost like a portion of their hip and that's going to be with him for the next 50 years. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I just feel weird about it. Like it's. I No, I feel you. I mean, it yeah. is perpetuating the and I mean, it's from a historical sense, so it's not necessarily a, a bad thing, but like people are painting Nazis and they're just Nazis hanging out. I mean, most yeah. people don't. Uh, I don't think they go that far. That's that's an entirely different thing to to feel weird about, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> but but look, actually, like you know, tanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's enough separation between a because of the machine and yeah. and a tank or or you know a ship, and yeah. so it, yeah. The reason I was kind of getting really into the or, or starting to get into the naval stuff and like foreshadowing that maybe someday they're just going to be like, you know, this week we're painting the, the Saratoga like this week. We're <laughs> right. Yeah. The, whatever. Um, is, is, yeah, the, the ships are, you know, they, they each have like their own story. Mm-hmm. Like if, like if you are, you know, learning about the, the Pacific, you know, there were, thousands and thousands of aircraft involved and of course you know hundreds of thousands you know millions of soldiers but in terms of ships there were you know four or five important aircraft carriers on each side right or or something like that and so like each one has has a story and like where it was at any point in time is really important and the impact that it had on the conflict was really important Mm -hmm. and so you get like like each one has like a character based on its history and everything and each yeah each ship is a character in that way and so i don't know i think like that's the sort of thing i can really get into and also in the past couple of weeks i watched the uh free youtube movie master and commander the uh <laughs> is uh, it from free? the aubrey Maturin novels with the uh, right russell crow russell crow yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's actually a like a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um I mean but but I yeah, again it's the while, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's the like, you know, the the history and and attributes of each ship and how each ship is, you know, kind of evolves with the captain and and you know, the captain evolves with the ship and there's there's yeah. Mm-hmm. Um kind of how how the ship itself is is a character and, and yeah. has some importance in the overall conflict. I, I, I don't know. I could I could find myself really getting drawn in. I don't know exactly what like my starting point would be in terms of models and painting or or maybe even playing a game, but I just wanted to toss it out there <laughs> that 
this is brewing and at some point it's just gonna like boil over <laughs> and we're gonna be talking about the N napoleonic naval combat right yeah. <laughs> i mean are there i know there are uh war games tabletop games oh yeah based oh, yeah. in that stuff um yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen anything in the wild necessarily like pertaining to that. Um like I think Bolt Action is probably the closest thing to a historical war game that I've actually seen or that I even own some of. Uh I do have a handful of Bolt there's, Action. There's a yeah. lot. I mean, there's a lot of World War II stuff. And again, I <clears throat> I think the tanks so it's one is I like I think the tanks and the ships look really cool. And also, I mm. like that there's a little bit of separation from the, the people. grandfathers killing yeah. each other. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I mean, I understand that grandfathers died in the tanks and in the ships, but like, there's there's did, that degree yeah. of separation there, which for whatever reason does make a difference in my brain. And uh, yeah, yeah. No, makes I mean me it, it totally, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, um, much it'd be. Much, much like more fun the the explosions and battle sounds with the tanks yeah <laughs> right yeah i mean that's and that's really what what it is i don't know that there there's definitely something about that of uh yeah i guess not seeing a person like you're seeing just the the machine aspect of it yeah um yeah especially if you're painting it you're spending time with it it's just a model right yeah um and I mean, it's weird. Like yeah. all of the stuff we paint, pretty much is is warriors and soldiers and right, like heroes. <laughs> like, like almost everything we paint, the characters are holding weapons and like getting ready to hurt somebody, which sh should make me feel more strange than it actually mm. does. But it, it's make. It's well, yeah, not there's real, there's, so. there's that degree of separation, especially if it's fantasy or yeah. sci-fi. I, yeah, it's definitely a big difference when you're or you're looking at an orc instead of uh, another person. Um, well, of course, Brent got up. So for a long time, um, I was actually in uh, an online group for uh, World War II simulation combat flying. Yeah, and we flew fake missions. We had. Uh, we had like a squad leader. We had a hierarchy in rank. Um, we did every Tuesday night was was called squad night, and we would fly like for three or four hours. We would do we would recreate historical flights, um, and do all sorts of stuff like the what's the of course I can't remember what it's called now, but what's the flight uh, that happened off the back of an aircraft carrier into Japan to drop the bombs after Pearl Harbor. The Doolittle Raid? Yes, the Doolittle Raid. We do an See, anniversary. Yeah, there you go. Stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Doolittle Raid we would do every year as a, like an anniversary type of thing because a lot of the people that I flew with were pilots and even uh, ex-military pilots. Like, mm. they were way into this stuff. And I mean, you're, you're talking like 80-year-old dudes like getting on a computer, flying in essentially an MMO. Uh, with with a few thousand other people and doing these like kind of simulated flights. What game was this? Uh, it was originally okay called Warbirds, and then they they changed it to Aces High. And mm -hmm. I think I think Aces High Two actually is still around. I think it's still a game you can play. Um, I mean, this is like 
56k days you know this is what we're talking mm. way like hardcore old school stuff and and the the simulation stuff that we used was like all uh ch products like super fancy controls like true to life stuff um you know we would we would do practices we would do training dog fighting we would do bombing runs most of it was a bombing squad and i was uh in the fighter division i never did the bombing um although you could help somebody by being in their bomber and and doing stuff but you know all the scopes and everything it would work as it would work in real life so you had to coordinate and do this stuff so we would like link up with other squads and then bomb enemy bases and then go take stuff over it was kind of like a land capturing type of a, a simulator so yeah, yeah like I, I did that stuff for a long time <laughs> yeah and yeah. every year you you bombed the civilians in tokyo like right i mean it, yeah it was it was uh not you know it was like a green patch of land with a runway on it there weren't people oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> like yeah, we're talking yeah. a long time ago okay okay like it looked good uh, the planes, that especially that abstraction makes a difference. It, it yep, does. Yep, yep. Yeah. But I mean, it, even then it was, it was more out of like what we were doing because again, it was, I was, I was flying quote unquote with people who were quadruple my age at the time. Right. Like these people who were like, no, I actually flew fighters in X combat, whatever, whatever. Like mm-hmm. th- these people cared a lot about it. Like, trying to not necessarily preserve the history, but like keep the relevance and importance of it alive. Um, yeah. And it's just a thing that they did. Uh, our squad leader eventually uh, passed away and, and a lot of us just stopped doing it, but it was a uh, whole thing. Yeah. So I, I get, I get you on the, the naval. No, it, front. Yeah. it is really interesting where like actual lived history meets up with games. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, I'm trying to think like, you know, especially, you know, Call of Duty and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. there, especially when those games were first coming out, there were yeah. a lot of World War II veterans still around at that point when, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and they uh, did a lot of press for that too. A lot of, a lot of veterans would be in these like campaigns that they would do saying, oh, you know, like this is yeah. important and, and this is why I don't get it. I don't understand what you're doing, but it's that, that keeping that relevance of like, why we did what we did. Yeah. I mean, as long as the tone is, is right. And right. And I mean, that's... everybody's experience of that was, <laughs> was different. So that's, right. that's hard, but uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I think that um, I would argue that call of duty did a really good job at portraying that for a long time. I don't know if they do so much anymore. Uh, I have not played a call of duty game in a few years. But like back when Call of Duty kind of had that that modern reimagining with like Modern Warfare, like that was a pretty heavy game. Like okay, emotionally I mean, I, I really speaking, played much of it. Probably no. my most experience is one of the original. Maybe maybe it was Medal of Honor. Maybe I'm forgetting this. <laughs> right. but like, yeah, I remember one of the early ones that was the the D Day Normandy invasion, which was sure. Yeah. Well. No, oh, I like think a it was low honor, res yeah. version of Saving Private Ryan, like mm-hmm. it was, yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway, like I'm laying the the groundwork here to start to think about historicals and yeah, yeah, for sure. And as as actual like minis, I'm just gonna come out and say it. You know, World War II uniforms and equipment weren't that cool. 
Like, I, like it's uh, pretty drab. Easy, easy. <sighs> oh, 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 sorry. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I would rather paint an orc, like flat out, you know. Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. If it, you know, if US it comes down to it. infantry versus an orc, orc any day of the week. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I mean, it's true. You really only need like twelve colors to kind of pull that off, like total. So, I mean, it makes sense. Like, and and I get uh, people get into that pretty, pretty hardcore. You know, just trying mm-hmm. to be like historically accurate. Yeah. yeah, I don't know and, if I can. And that's such I a weird thing too, because like even you know the warlord bolt action figures, there's like a little bit of cartooniness to them. The proportions are a little bit weird. I think so... it's because they had it's it's because they're hand sculpted. At least I, mm. I'm pretty sure they are, and they're mostly pewter cast. Aren't they? they definitely have some plastic kits. Uh, maybe they do. I've I've never seen one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've only owned pewter bolt action, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, but yeah they have that kind of look to them. Where the, you know, the real lived history that's relatively modern mixes up with, uh, you know, just a lot of weird things in my head. So that it's it, it hasn't quite clicked there. But maybe maybe someday. And again, maybe just a just a little bit of separation from reality. And uh, yeah, making yeah. a making a nice big uh, USS Arizona or something with no no little figures on it. Just right. The, yeah. Just the hull of the ship. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, there you go. Some someday, 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 someday. <laughs> well, you want to? I guess we could continue this uh, this discussion about uh, other games. I guess. Um, yeah, I've been painting uh, Bloodfields models lately, three D printed. Um, they're they're touting it as the first three D printable skirmish game ever. I don't know if that's true. It probably is because it's fairly new and it's got to be close. Yeah, like three D printing yeah, is a new. I think it's new pretty thing, close. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, Titan Forge, the company that made Little Running Brent, um, puts out a bunch of sets. You know, they put basically one out a month, and a lot of the miniatures can be played in this game. Um, and a couple months ago, there was a set called Swamps, and it had like all these uh, uh, mushroom people. And frogs and a bunch of swampy looking cool stuff. And I, that, that really like caught my attention. Like most of their other sets are not generic in a sense, but like just, just kind of normal type stuff, fighter-y stuff, like, like real D&D, you know, I'm not super into kind of stuff. But like, I don't know, for some reason these these really like jumped out at me. Eh? No. Um I'll also I will take close up pictures and include them. Yeah, I had to to laugh. That's fine. Um, anyways, yeah, I actually didn't mean to say that. It just kind of again jumped out at me, and it wasn't even on purpose. So makes it even worse. Um, these little frogs though, they're super cool. They're like really cool looking, and I had to paint them. So I painted like a little war band up. I still got. One more model that I'm I'm printing out like the bigger kind of centerpiece model for that thing, um. But it's I don't know it's like a a really cool change of pace and uh, like for the first time printing 3D models I've been like you know these are really like good enough quality for me to like sink some time into. Um, yeah. Whereas like I've printed other stuff before and not thought that at all. Um, I think partially I I just got the. I've gotten two new printers and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but, uh, 
I, I used my new Mono X, the Anycubic Mono X, the big one. And it, so I just printed them all out at the same time. So it was like bigger build plate. I'll just print them all. And it's like they all came out incredible. So it's a huge time saver. And I think that's, that's a lot of like that barrier to entry kind of thing is it just takes too much time sometimes. So I don't want to do it. And so that changed it for yeah. me a little bit. But like these frogs are sweet. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it really is incredible how many sculpts are coming out every month across all these different, you know, uh, like Patreon subscriptions and stuff. And yeah. a lot of those models really are sweet. And modern printers can do a pretty good job. Yes, I, I honestly yeah. cannot find uh, topography lines. Like, I've missed a couple of um, supports, like little tiny divots. But like mm -hmm. after I paint it, you, you can't tell. You literally cannot tell. They they look so good. Um, and I don't know that that really flipped it for me. And I don't know, maybe it's just their the way that they did their models because I have not had that experience with other companies. I don't know, but I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, you know uh, these companies uh, use different like supporting services like a lot of them contract out like a completely separate person to optimize the files mm -hmm. and put the supports on and everything um and sometimes they'll you know support them at a couple of different scales and support them even like uh kind of aggressive supports versus very very light supports you know whether you're willing to risk some misprints in exchange for getting you know a, a gentle well, touch clean. on how many nubs and stuff there are yeah yeah <clears throat> I mean, I, I supported all these myself hmm. and for the most part, like automatically through like a uh, litchy slicer or whatever. Um, cause I've been having a real hard time with like Chitu box trying to do anything in that. It seems like all my prints fail from that. And I, I don't know why. Um, in fact, I've been having a, just a stupid day today. I've had one successful print come out today and it yeah. happened to be the last model I needed for this war band. So I'm like, I'm super yeah, happy yeah. about that. But like, holy crap, dude, I've literally spent the last 12 hours trying to print today. Yeah. No, this is definitely my experience of 3d printers is like, it is a hobby in itself. It takes way more time than you think. Every yeah. time you run a print, you have to glove up and yeah. get something a little bit sticky. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, if you have a failed print, that probably means you have resin like solidly stuck onto the build plate. That's going to take a while to get off and resin stuck to the bottom of the, you know, the, stuck to the FP yeah. in the bottom of the vat. That's, that's and, the thing uh, that kills me the most. Yeah. 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 But, um, man, it, it really does suck up a lot of time. And I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I'd been doing some printing for rain in hell. Yes, because I've I've kind of been using rain and hell as my uh, excuse to, you know, dig into the the pile of shame, the folder <laughs> of shame of three D prints, and find an excuse to you know yeah print out some demons or demon proxies or whatever you want to call them, and yeah, I was definitely having fun with that. But that was a situation where just days would go by where, you know, especially if the printer is running fast, you got a couple hours while things are printing, and that couple of hours is optimizing slicer files uh <laughs> or, yeah. or, or whatever else you're doing yeah you know or, it's... Or, or then you know cutting off supports and curing the curing the final prints and all that stuff and so 
Yeah, you can just yeah. use, lose days of hobby time oh. all at once to get... I mean, you, you'll get 20, 30, 40 prints out sometimes, but you're... It, it, or one. <laughs> or one. Yeah, things are going bad. I mean, it can be really frustrating. Yes, it's been um, a bad day. And so I've... Uh, my go-to printer recently has also been the Anycubic Mono X. It's a big format resin printer. Um, it's a mono blue screen, so it prints faster than a lot of the other uh, printers out there. And when it's when it's working, I mean, I can churn through and get 50, 60 models a day easy. Uh, you can get yeah. a lot of times like 20 infantry-sized model on a on a build plate, and that'll be done in three or four hours or something like that. Yeah, yeah. If that. Um, but uh, like recently... I can tell from from the last print I did on it, I can tell that I'm going to be disassembling it and like messing around with a connection between the screen and, and the rest of the electronics. And yeah, you know, I had <laughs> I had dozens of successful prints all in a row. And the last print, it, it, I had a screen failure where half of the screen was apparently on the entire time. So it's just a which block. I have seen before on that printer, which is uh, like yeah. a, a cable that's came loose. Um, so I'm going to have to, you know, one, clean up all the resin that's all over everything, mm -hmm. do surgery on the printer, and hope that the next print doesn't immediately just have another rectangle of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of resin stuck to everything. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, like, I ran the, the test print that came with it, and even the test print was janky, like with default settings that it came with, you know? Um and I don't know, like I've, I've leveled it a hundred times. I've cleaned off the FEP. Right. I've cleaned everything. Screen seems think, to work fine. I think the default settings underestimate the amount of uh, cure time you need or exposure time you need to yeah. stick things to the plate and to actually build it. So, um, I mean, I don't want to dwell on this too long, but I think no, it you know, suggests 30 second burn in time onto the plate. And honestly, I upped it that to like 60 or 80 seconds or something. Yeah. I think mine's um, at 60 right now. Yeah. And then I think it has a 1.5 second exposure time for each layer. I upped that to at least 2.5 seconds, which is still pretty fast compared to some of the last generation. Printers, oh yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's yeah, still yeah. faster. Cause you're saving like an hour and a half on top of mm -hmm. like, you're printing a, like a two hour, thing with you know it doesn't matter how many models it's like you know they're two inches or whatever like you got an hour per inch or something i forget there's actually a, a speed generally like per yeah. like meter or whatever it is centimeter um so they have that in there but it's still super fast yeah, yeah. so um yeah we're we're kind of going through a news cycle right now where there's the the calls to boycott gw and and all that business um, they just, just games workshop had a couple of bad news cycles in a row that piled up on each other and definitely, yeah. And, you know, some of them, some of them are more valid than the others in terms of the outrage cycles and everything, but yeah. I don't know, there were, there were a couple of like legitimate reasons to be upset at games workshop piled on top of, uh, you well, know, this isn't really real, but uh, you know they deserve they deserve a few <laughs> bad press cycles. So well, maybe they'll actually feel it if all these pile up. So I don't. I, I mean, don't feel I, bad I think all. that's but what people are hoping anyway, for. You know, there's been the calls to look into alternate products, and it's interesting that 
so many of the the people like wanting to to boycott games workshop or find alternate products are talking about just printing their space marines where it's like but there's so many other it's, things you it's could very print true. out there there's so many really cool things to print like yes. you got your swamp turtle people for real you got that the, has a game the, on its own yeah right that's a game you know i've been doing stuff for rain and hell there are mm-hmm. plenty of straight up games that you can print yeah um but beyond printing like uh it's it it just seems to be a factor that that so many people are not aware of the fact that there are real game systems, real model lines, cool stuff to do outside of the games workshop universe. Yeah. And and I think you and I have both been talking like we should really change that because there is so much great stuff out there and mm-hmm. if people are wanting to try stuff that's not games workshop or or to take a break from games workshop the answer isn't necessarily third-party space marines like the answer is no it should be like something way off (laughs) world of entire worlds of crazy awesome stuff yeah yeah Um, entirely new in fact i know one of the bigger games that's out there is uh, infinity Mm -hmm. um and was it last week i think or a couple days ago they announced that they are finally doing plastic injection molding and they're, so they're finally coming at the whole thing with like the same kind of plastics, the same kind of kits. Like they're already like people already like them for their pewter kits because like yeah. they brought a whole new name to pewter. Like these aren't your daddy's pewter kits. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so them coming into plastic is like a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. I've never played infinity, but I know that it is one of the larger games that like, you know, if you go to a, a like a Warhammer tournament, you know, or just a tabletop tournament, it's like, yeah, there's going to be Warhammer here, but like, there's definitely going to be Infinity there too. So, yeah. it's one so of those. This is a game games. with a. Seems to have people with kind of like slimmer power armor on. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm trying to think of you know maybe like the soldiers in Halo kind of thing or what. It's... Yeah. I'd say that maybe, maybe like maybe there's like a little bit of Tron. I influence. was just about to say Tron. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah. So uh, actually, Corvus Belly reached out to me a few weeks ago, and that is <laughs> earlier the this week. Coolest I, they, name for a company, a by the way. Of of metal minis. Yeah. I've Did got, they really? I've got nice. some. I just got my first Infinity minis, and that's yeah. It's one of those things where there are a bunch of these companies that I've heard of forever. Um, on Twitch, one of the first Twitch streamers I ever watched was uh, Teal Sakiri, and mm-hmm. I still watch him sometimes. And he is, you know, just a really good painter who's just really into Infinity. That's that's what he does. Nice. And, uh, they look great when they're. They've I got mean, a, they've yeah. got a pro at the brush. Yeah. I mean the the, um, the pewter they they make is not like I said it's not the same as like what we're used yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had the chance to put them together, but, you know, I opened up the box and there's all these little drug baggies that have you know, three <laughs> yep. or four pieces of pewter in there to glue together. I'm like, oh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, um, but, that's a whole other other thing. That's that's big news to me, like the plastic kits like that. No, like, no, yes. I'm excited about the plastic news there. Yeah, uh, I will definitely want to check that out too. check out the pewter, but also check out the plastic and mm. 
also WizKids had similar news recently that they're going to be yeah. coming out with straight up sprues of like yeah. you know characters that work for D&D, monsters that work for D&D and that is yeah. very interesting. Um yeah, D&D is the the real untapped market for getting people to paint minis and so that, that is, is very true. very exciting. Well, and I, I mean, I have to imagine it's because a lot of people just don't want to bother, like, with the actual models. Um, I, I think for me, like, if I was ever going to get into D&D hardcore, like, it would be all about the models. Like, I'd want the, I'd want to do, like, the TV screen in the table with, like, the floor that, that you know, the picture that kind of, like, has some movement to it. And then you throw your terrain and you got your grid and your minis are on that. Like, that would be me. I would be that guy. Like, I get it. Just I get way it. into it. Yeah. Man, I'd have to rebase all my models. All my bottles on have, squares have again. Yeah. Magnets on the bottom. <laughs> oh no! So I just know they're just like, every, every inch of the screen, evenly spaced, would be dead so pixels. Good. So, yeah. You know, I actually haven't tried that. I um, not that I'm in a real hurry to, but maybe if right. there's ever uh, you know, a 900 by 600 pixel monitor that I find somewhere that I really don't care about, maybe I'll be like, all right. What happens if I sit a magnetized orc on top of you for two hours? Like, what? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I suppose it depends on on. It's probably not great. Well, but but, but like know. liquid crystal display, like it's not, not magnetic, right? Like, yeah, I mean, electronics and magnets are, are it's often usually, not great. Yeah, I don't know, but like, uh, no, you can't really do a plasma. There's, there's like... probably a couple of bits of memory somewhere in there <laughs> where the buttons are in the monitor. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's got to remember its settings for for brightness and contrast, right? Like you, you don't I mean, need to be if, deleting that. If a, a PC can keep a time clock for ten years off of a watch battery, I think they figured that out, and it's small and in the corner somewhere. Yeah, but I also keep magnets away from my PC. That's the other thing. Well, yeah, okay, sure, but yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I don't know. It's not. I'm just saying. Like it probably won't do anything. That would, dude. That would be fun though. If you set up <laughs> like a really nice piece of furniture, you know, you you get your sweet wooden game table with the inlaid, oh yeah, sixty inch four K monitor that oh, you yeah. have hooked up to your PC, and you've got all your different, you know, D and D maps on there, and your encounters, and your yeah, your your graphics and everything, and then I just come with. A set of kobolds from Danny, the three D printed DM, and every kobold has a has a high strength neodymium rare earth magnet <laughs> on the bottom. You just plop those on your your nice gaming table. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe uh, maybe not. Hey, we'll see. You know, let me know how that. Let me know if that boots up the week after. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> even okay even then like you, you get the the whole i in fact you know it's funny as i i have a uh i have a patreon account saved um just in case i ever somehow stumble down this road and do that because there is a patreon that has um very high quality three-dimensional like animated maps mm-hmm. that are specifically for this reason and there are tons of them and they look legit so I've been saving that as a Patreon account for, for like literally three years. <laughs> it's like hoping maybe because like, yeah. I don't know how to DM and I really don't care to, and I don't know anyone who does. So yeah, 
That is such an exciting way to play, though, because, you know, what, normally if you play D&D &D and you buy whatever the standard maps are, most of them are set out as one-inch grids. Yeah. And that, you know, one-inch grid is your 25-millimeter base. So that is, in terms of a lot of modern minis, that's undersized, basically. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the, the standard-sized D&D grid is for small minis by today's standards mm -hmm. you, you, you know your uh your night goblins will fit on there okay but your 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 stormcast eternal paladin conversion sure won't no and even even these frogs they they won't they're supposed no. to be on 32s no but but if you're on a monitor if you have an inlaid flat horizontal monitor in your <coughs> sweet gaming table yeah you scale those squares however you want them. That's true. Actually, that's a very good point because you can just scale your the whatever you know window your thing is in. It's all good. Exactly. Yeah, I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense there. Actually, and get those big squares. Get that big grid. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are companies out there that are selling you know one and a half inch grids. I mean, probably. Like it makes sense. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Build some Gaslands cars. You want to get into that? I suppose. Do it. Uh, it was. A, don't we know somebody who's just like way into Gaslands? I can't remember who it is, but um. Oh, oh <laughs> I know a few people who are way into Gaslands. You know who you are. Yeah, I mean, I know there are people who are, like, way into Gaslands. Um, and I feel like it's one of those games that, like, you hear about a lot, but you don't see too often. Apparently, though, there's, like, a pretty good-sized niche on, on YouTube for uh, converting Hot Wheels cars. Like, uh, like I, I've been kind of interested in the, the restoration aspect for a while. There's a couple of channels that do that. They'll, they'll go for, like, the really old, like, you know, expensive Hot Wheels. And like do a full restoration job on them and like zinc plate them and buff them out and make them look brand new. Um, use like car paint through their airbrush to like legitimately paint a car. Mm. Um, so like I've been interested in that for a while. Um, but then of course, you know, that, that Mad Max vibe creeps in and uh, Gasland starts to look real good. So uh, the other, the other weekend um, we were out or no, let me, let me take one step back. Um, my son found my Gaslands book on the shelf of board games that we have. And he basically just, he, he took it out and he was flipping through it, just like looking at the stuff. And he did that for like a solid week, like obsessively, like, no, I want to look, I want to look at the book. And it's like, mm. holy crap. Like this kid wants to like make some Mad Max cars it's happening for yeah. real. It's kind of what it felt like. It's like, Oh my, like he's, He's getting into something like all on his own, right? So, uh, you know, my wife and I talked about it. And we're like, all right, well, why don't we go? We'll go hit the target um, and pick out like a couple of Hot Wheels, right? We're like, we'll, we'll do like three, three each. Uh, and we'll sit down and we'll like kind of dedicate some actual time. So, like, on a weekend, I went, I bought some 3D printable packs for Gaslands for like weapons and car upgrades. Uh, I, I know nothing about this game other than, like, I've seen it played on, uh, like, Guerrilla Games, 
and stuff. Like Ash plays it a, a few times. Um, but other than that, I like literally know nothing about how the, the teams are supposed to go together. Like what weapons you can and can't use. I just went to a place that was like, yes, these are Gaslands upgrade weapons, and they have all the things. Cool. So I just picked the cool stuff and printed like probably a hundred bits out. Um, and and it's like printed little guys out too, like little scale Hot Wheels guys that that you can like cut down and put into the driver's seat and stuff, or like hanging out a window with a, a handgun. Um, and we sat down, I primed up everything and like, we, we waited, we did this whole thing and like legitimately sat for probably a good four hours, just building and then painting Hot Wheels cars to turn into Gaslands. Uh, and I, I figured like, I might as well record that. So I recorded most of it for then what ended up going into a video, but, uh, it was actually kind of liberating. Like weirdly, like the 3D printer worked like it should. It printed out all the uh-huh. bits. They looked solid. Um, mm-hmm. my wife was into it. My four-year-old kid was into it. Like we all sat and painted sweet-looking death cars. Nice. And uh, yeah, like that is probably the first time that's ever ever actually happened. Like like we've done some Warhammer stuff, but they've never really been interested in it. And this time it was like. My wife made a buggy with a dude hanging out the window with a gun and it's got like a machine gun on top and she like spent time painting this thing, you know, yeah. like, it's a whole thing. So yeah, it was, that yeah, was they, different. No, they looked good like from, <laughs> from the whole family. They looked good. Right. It's kind of crazy. Even the, even the four year old just slapping paint around. It was kind of like, these, these are okay. Yeah. They were okay. Yeah. They were okay. <laughs> So I don't know. It's something about maybe it's because the Hot Wheels are literally like a buck. It's like you just don't care. I don't care what I do to these cars. Yeah. So it's like there's no pressure to to make them something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a year year or so ago, I was in the grocery store, and the grocery store was selling Hot Wheels for a buck each, and or by a buck each, I mean I think they were like one fifty each, but. 10 depends 10, on where you are yeah 10 yeah <laughs> <laughs> one of those you didn't read the paper where it was like you don't have to buy all 10 brand <laughs> uh, it's like sometimes I you do and sometimes you print. don't i was buying 10 yeah. <laughs> i can buy 10 that's that's what the paper says more than 10 types of cars i bought 10 types of cars that's there you right. go that's that's how you do it you're right my bad it's <laughs> obviously how you do it <laughs> yeah, yeah someday someday look you say well, five dollars yeah, um, so you know saying yeah, I I'm kind of enjoying my little break from from straight games workshop stuff. I've got, you know, some 3D printed stuff coming up or that I'm working on. I've got still got these these mantic skeletons to paint. Mm-hmm. I've got uh apparently I've got some Corvus Belly Infinity. I've got some <laughs> some Malifaux from Weird. I mean, I've got a lot uh, and uh I mean, no spoilers, but uh No spoiler. This next Goobertown roulette Ooh, it's a spicy, uh, <laughs> spicy small company kind of model. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, spicy. Uh, what does that mean? That's a good adjective. Well, I mean, other than that, I, I'm trying to trying to suss out whether or not you mean something by it. I don't think you do. Other than that, it's it's a it's a spicy one. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure, like, once you know what it is, like, I guess you could overlay it and try to make some connections. And you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like a, 
animate pepper like, yeah, this, or something. This character you know I mean? would like spicy foods. <laughs> like, like, okay, okay. You give me some clues. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like Corvus yeah, Belly. Tenuous so tenuous connection at best. Yeah. Tenuous, yeah. yeah. Uh, must be a Hordes model, like a barbarian. Uh, you got it. You got uh, it. I did. Yeah, I did, right? I did. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> um... um what 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 else is what else is well, okay, happening? Okay, so a very small news item, but okay, I was planning on going to Gen Con 2020 in you know August of 2020. Obviously, that ha- didn't happen. Nobody right. went to that convention no. because it didn't happen. Um, a couple days ago, in the mail, I got my four day pass for Gen Con 2021 because apparently my reservation from last year rolled over, and they didn't uh, okay. give. And they didn't uh, really communicate to me that this was coming. But uh, if I want to go in one month, so so this year, 2021, I think they're doing a hybrid partially in-person, partially online. Yeah, that's what I heard. I'm not really sure what the percentage split is on that because I wasn't planning on going. <laughs> but uh, I've got a four-day pass there. There's no way this is refundable once they send it to me. Uh, but... No, no, they did that on purpose. <laughs> They're like, should uh, we tell them? No, no, you send that plastic. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is uh, we already made you the pass. Yeah, good sir. Normally, <laughs> thank you normally for your when donation. Somebody's at the door and they're demanding a signature. That means I'm getting some models from Italy or something. But, right. Uh, yeah. No, this this time it was. Uh, you want to go to Indianapolis next month? Ah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, when, so when I is it? Face for myself, but I, I bet this pass gets me into whatever the online activities are. I can, I would think so. Maybe just some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, since you're now somehow like kind of obligated in some sense, like you should probably figure that out. Yeah, there's there, there's a lot of uh, you know, psychology at work here now. Got, got right. my foot in the door. Spilled milk, which I guess is the opposite conclusion. But you, yeah, you got all the yeah, yeah <laughs> psychological models of whether or not I am uh, going to Indianapolis next uh, month. I mean, I, I can't imagine. To, but I can't imagine it's that expensive to get to Indianapolis right now. It's still, I mean, it's still a plane flight, and yeah. um, I mean, we haven't really talked about this yet, or I guess we mentioned it on a previous episode. But you and I are going to see our friend Danny. Yeah, and we're we're both using our plane uh, credits from Adepticon, <laughs> Adepticon. twenty twenty from twenty nineteen. You know. No, yeah. it's twenty twenty, but it was like early twenty twenty. Was it? I mean, time flies, but it, yes, it was March of twenty twenty. Dude, I'm, currently pre- I'm pretty sure it's twenty twenty one. But yeah, okay, I. Mm. It was well over a year difference, but yeah, both of us have our Either way, yeah. have our plane credits left over, and we're like, yeah, let's yeah, let's go see your pa- pal Danny and hang out in his garage and, and paint some kobolds. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, um, but man, if I had known I was getting this, maybe I would have. Uh, maybe you would have opted know, for change going change. to Indianapolis. You can go hang out yeah. with Danny. I'm gonna go to Indianapolis. <laughs> I'm gonna go paint some kobolds, and you're gonna go to Indianapolis by yourself. <laughs> Do we know anybody in Indianapolis? Like legitimately, I d- um, we don't. I know one person there. That doesn't and, count. You know, I used to all. have a crew. I've I've gone to Gen Con twice before, and I used to have a crew. I uh, I don't think they're going this year, but yeah. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if they're having something, I suppose it depends on what's going on in, in Indianapolis by then, but, uh, you know, yeah, maybe the next time we record, I'm going to be like, screw it. I'm going to Indianapolis. Uh, <laughs> Look, I would. Yeah. If I were you, dude, I totally would. Yeah. Like, yes. Who has a backyard where he can set up a tent? Like, yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah, it's a good, good point, actually. Because uh, it'll Not be that. September. September in Indianapolis. Uh, so Indianapolis is actually apparently a, like a big convention city. Yes. They have a really nice convention hall and they have a lot of hotels. Um, the ones, of course, the ones connected to the convention hall are expensive. So the, the two yeah. times I've gone to Gen Con, it's been, you know, a, a 15 minute Uber ride essentially from Whatever. our hotel to the that's, place. That's but, nothing. Right. And the, I mean, the hotel itself was... I can't remember, but I think like eighty bucks a night or oh, something yeah. like that. Like that's that's doable. They chuck in at like some free muffins or whatever in the morning. <laughs> sure, throw me a pop tart. And call yeah, it good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Save me like a couple of bucks at a gas station. <laughs> and, and, and plus, we always put four nerds into that room. So yeah. Jeez, now you know what? At eighty dollars a night, like I will, I will have my own room. Thank you. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> On second thought, yeah. Look. uh there one year there was definitely a snorer uh, i'm not pointing fingers they may know who they are but um if you go to a convention so here's a hot tip if you go to a nerd convention <gasps> pack earplugs and if you want to be a good friend uh -huh, pack uh -huh. like a couple of pairs of earplugs so you can give them to the rest of the non-snorers in the room yeah yeah i mean i i, I should do that because i'm yeah, that just, guy just straight <laughs> up like that is <laughs> The the <laughs> most important thing you can bring. Yeah, Toothbrush, honestly, I am hoping that that because I haven't asked Danny whether or not he has separate spaces for us to sleep. I don't know. Well, you and I are actually going to be in the same room. Oh, um, oh, well, then definitely bring your earplugs, my friend. Okay, good to know. Yeah, good to know. That is that is not going to be a fun time for one of us. Yeah. So I mean the. Uh, the rest of this story here is that Casey and I are about to meet each other in person for the first time. And we're gonna, we're gonna learn a lot about each other uh, on a deep and personal level. Um, yep. I'm gonna pack my earplugs. Yep. Yep. You yep. are. And my toothbrush. And uh, I'm bringing. I'll do it. That'll do it. I'm bringing an airbrush. <laughs> yeah, toothbrush, airbrush, earplugs. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, you know, if we're going to be on camera, we'll pretend like we're wearing uh, a mask for ventilation. Uh, I talked to Dan. I mean, I did talk to him about that at length. Like, he actually has a ventilation fan literally above his table. Oh, well, he's fine. Okay. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, look, all we got to do is be like, boom, ventilation fan. Look at that. And turn on. He's like, he, he was saying it's kind of loud, too. So it's like, you, you turn that on, you show them that this is ventilating. Like, literally, this is what it's made for. Like, he, he does 3D printing in there all day. Like he's got the ventilation. Like airbrushing is is the least of our worries. So, yeah, should be fine. Nobody should say anything. Just wondering if I just doxed myself by showing my badge. If anyone's registering for events under my name and uh, uh, Gen Con ID number, not cool. Not cool. Shame on you. Uh, I not doubt. Cool. Shame I... on you. You embarrass yourself. <laughs> I doubt that you could see that though. 
Look, we're gonna we're gonna change the resolution. We're gonna fuzz it all up. You won't know my Gen Con ID number, and even if you did, well, have probably you... there's an email address associated with it. Well, there would know. be. I don't uh, even uh, remember two, buying this two-factor verification, such and such. No, there's a blur uh, thing for like items like that in YouTube, and you can post a video and after the fact go in and blur it. So. It's fine. Yeah, like when you post we, we your it. license plate and your street name. Sorry. sorry and and like sorry. a bunch of people <laughs> found out where I lived. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that happened. Now, right, right. Oh, it's it was blurred like after the first twenty minutes, and after one person sent me the creepiest freaking email that I never <laughs> responded to. Thank you very much, dear Casey. I know where you live. Literally, like, come <laughs> on, <laughs> like, what the hell's wrong with you? Just I like I could tell there was some concern. They're like, oh, you know, like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I, I live in the area. I recognize some of this stuff and, and I followed this here. And then I went on to Google Maps and then I, I triangulated your position based off of landmarks in the area. And then I found out you live at this address and I can see your house from here. And um, you should probably blur that out. And it's like, dude, whoa, look outside. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> No, Are you doing anything no, today? Like, Do you want to hang out? Don't ever, ever, ever send it. I don't care if you can figure out where someone lives. You don't tell them that. Like, I'm sure there's something, like, landmark-wise, like, that, that you could figure something out. But, you know, I try I try all right. Like, I, it's not like the streets that I'm driving down are in the exact order. I edit those orders. So it's not the same. Like, there may be a, a handful of times where... Yeah, you can see my license plate. You know, I live in Nevada. That's like, that's not a huge, huge thing. Like, I could live in Vegas. Yeah, it looks all the same. Well, I mean, if you're like a cop and you got those databases, maybe you're, <laughs> that's a, different. you're a bureaucrat and your your scruples are a little loose. And yeah, I mean, if you're the type of person who want to find out where Casey lives, you like, could. Not everything is going right in your life, but yeah, maybe you're a... <laughs> You know, you work at the DMV and you spend all your day watching Bobby <laughs> If YouTube you work at the DMV, and... then that's a pretty well, easy I, stretch no to make. But uh... <laughs> like Brent lives. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So, um, look, I, I just want to make the point that if anyone wants to use my Gen Con badge ID to sign up for some Edge of the Empire one shots or anything like that, Go for it. Not cool. Not cool. No, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> oh boy. Not not cool. Um but yeah, what what else we got going on, Casey? So, we actually still have we have so much to ramble about and oh, all the time. This far in the podcast. You're gonna be excited for, for what's next. Uh yeah. Um I suppose I I got I got like one one thing. Okay. You wanna do one? Okay. Did I, I, I put, just do one? Put what I'm holding back down. Oh no, you, you you go for thing. it. I was I didn't know what you're doing. I I didn't know. Oh, <clears throat> oh look at that. So when I was painting my face. photorealistic face using yes. um Jasper skin <laughs> and Dorado skin, no uh, Dorado skin and Topaz. Dorado skin. is it Dorado? Yeah. Right. So so anyway, what I'm holding in my hand here is Army Painter put out a skin tone paint set that's cool and they sent me a copy to review and that came in the mail right when i was about to paint the, <laughs> the face on that viking brent mini mm -hmm. and uh 
yeah, I think this is an awesome product. Like, uh, there's, it, it gets past a lot of the problematic tropes in, uh, in naming conventions for mini paints that that's been going on. So I can see that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it used to be the case that all of the, all of the paints labeled as skin tones were Caucasian. You had right, elf skin, tone. dwarf yeah. skin, barbarian skin maybe or like cadian skin it depends on it, it, of course it yeah, yeah. The, the company and the generation but um like pretty much anything skin, that was labeled as actual flesh tone was normally just some variant of caucasian flesh tone yeah. what you got there so this is actually just to you know kind of go on with you uh the contrast color dark oath flesh is pretty dark like okay. it's almost a, a brown, but this contrast paint's pretty new. Mm -hmm. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, you know that's relatively uh, recent. You know we're talking about yeah. paints from even just a a year ago, like two years ago, like right before contrast, yeah. really, or yeah. like what you're talking about. Yeah. So I mean, as a hot tip, like to paint a black or brown person, you literally start with a shade of brown from from like the normal uh, paint ranges. But, and it, it's still the situation that, you know, the, the names of the paint are stuff like Dirt Splatter and Mud Brown and Bestial Brown. Like, yeah. so to paint a black or a brown person, your your base coat is Mud Brown. To paint a white person, your base coat is Elf Flesh or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's not great. It's not it's great. Little, it's a little awkward, um, yeah. You know, one, the fact that there are, paints set aside just for these are the paints you pick up to paint a caucasian person here's the here's the easy mode for painting a caucasian person this is what you need to buy yeah um whereas you need just a a little bit more familiarity with painting to know that yeah to paint paint uh you know this shade of black person you start with bestial brown right mm -hmm. like um which yeah where's the where's the triad for that right Right, exactly. So it's it's less convenient, and there's a little bit of a problematic naming system that a lot of browns are named after dirt. Uh, right. So anyway, this this paint set is just a full range of flesh tones. Um, I think they use like gemstones and mineral names for their for their uh, their various names, like actual and, in uh, nature color kind of thing, like turquoise or whatever. Um. Yeah. So tiger's eye, jasper, amber, dorado, topaz, ruby, opal, garnet, pearl, obsidian. So sure, gemstones or slightly valuable stones and mineral, mineral. Yeah, minerals yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. that that, that makes just, sense just nice because it's neutral like naming scheme. true to life, like color. Right, an opal is an opal. It always yeah. kind of is, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, but uh, scale seventy five has a skin set that I got for like, like Christmas or my birthday or something like last year, or the year before um, that I I think it's pretty good. It's what I actually go to almost all the time. Um, and it's, it goes from like dark to very light, <laughs> like, like good. really, really dark to like undead. So it's yeah. got a, a nice range and some of the, the colors, the way that they, I don't know if it's just, they pick certain colors to go next to each other as like a step up. Um, 
but like some of the darker tones are like, oh yeah, you know, once you once you water this down into kind of a glaze, you can you can glaze Caucasian skin to give it that kind of like rosy look or something if you want uh you know kind of that red undertone or kind of like a more purple undertone or whatever it is they they kind of have a good variety in there so um yeah that's that's usually my go-to and like i've i've actually really enjoyed painting faces ever since i got that set um started playing around with it a lot and it was like holy crap like no like i i get this more like i get the principles of this more because it gave you those things and it was like these aren't necessarily like triads or or anything specific but it was like but this is where you start and this is kind of where you play around with you know and you you mix them together and and i don't know if it's just the properties of scale 75 paints in general but um for doing that kind of like subtle tonal blending um it works Mm. really well um like i know and for some reason like uh i've noticed that like doing female faces for me has been like like I, it's like I get that. I get that almost every time now. Like I nail it. Like Sisters of Battle, I'm like, yes. Like mm. throw me all those faces. Uh but you kinda like outside of that I start to to screw up a lot. <laughs> so Well, I'll have to take a look at that one. Um and yeah. I haven't spent enough time playing with this army painter set, but I'll take a look at the scale seventy five too. But um it's it's well, a lot it seems smaller. to be a fairly complete yeah. set and so this is the first army painter set that I've actually seen the the inset card that tells you to squirt out ah, the, the mustard the juice on top. Goo, yes. And uh you know, I actually took a few pictures of that, but they're you know, instructions for starting to use your army painter paint, it tells you to squirt out the the clear medium <laughs> hot and tip. then and then to really mix it up. So yeah, that's a that's a hot tip right there that they included with their product. About time. Uh, <laughs> so so anyway i got all set up there's i don't know 15 or 20 paints in that set and i got all set up to squirt out the medium add the shaking balls and mix them all up like right when i got the set yeah. and so i got my little like shot glass basically to squirt out the medium into and i even set up my camera because i wanted to like capture like squirting out the clear medium from sure, all yeah. these army painter paints <laughs> and this is the first time i've had new army painter paints and what comes out is paint like, like i squirted it and paint came out <laughs> somehow that and it was it like got shocked and this time i was actually kind of upset because i was like damn it I, like i'm filming this like i'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> trying to prove a point here <laughs> um, because because a lot of times yeah you get like a milliliter of of clear medium coming out of those the top of the army painter paints and um, that's a lot too that's so yeah. much but but yeah, I was working with them, and even after I shook them pretty well, you know, they were doing the normal kind of translucent, not great yeah. coverage thing that Army Painter paints do. But I mean, if you have an extra right. mill in there of medium, like that's not going to work. It's it's not going to work. That's yeah. for I don't know. I don't understand why they. Yeah, they I. If you have to include a card in it, with your paints, I think it's a design flaw. But it um, definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trying trying to figure out how to make it work, but for for skin, I'm okay with translucent bad coverage right. paints because you Absolutely. want splotchiness, you want translucent skin. So mm-hmm. and you want you know multiple thin layers of kind of some more red skin, kind of some lighter skin, some darker mm-hmm. skin, um, and kind of getting those tones to naturally blend into each other. And yeah, yeah, it's like I was saying with that scale seventy five, it's like when you glaze like you put them down into a glaze right it's the subtle mm-hmm. tonal variation that gives you that like realistic lifelike look 
Like that's that's what's going to do it. So yeah, actually in this case, it might be a benefit. You know. Um also I was going to mention that the scale 75 set is probably a third of the size of that army painter set. Okay. Yeah. It's not very big. Well, I'll look into it then cuz I'm definitely curious. Yeah. Yeah. I've been meaning to uh yeah, pick up a few new paint sets to kind of expand my horizons here. I think I think the Monument Hobbies paint sets are finally in like steady supply and I've been meaning to to buy one of those for like a year now, so Yeah, I, I've been I finally this. hop on that. Apparently the white in that set is like the creamiest best white ever made. Well, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> That's Not, what Uncle Adam told yeah. me. He told me that, like, in person. Uh, face, I trust him. Face to face. I trust him. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been meaning to get some of those. I actually bought into the the last, uh, again, Scale 75 uh, Kickstarter. Uh, it's called Zodiac. It was basically just a handful of paints, and, like, they had some, some models. I uh, could care less about zodiac or any models associated with it i just don't care but there were a bunch of paints and it looked cool so hopefully that will come in the mail i think next month and month after um pretty soon so all right yeah i bought into that so i'm hoping that uh because a lot of companies do like kickstarter stuff for paint um which is weird to me but that that's what they're doing and I guess it's working. So, like, if you know, want for, an entire for paint, paint you gotta set. you gotta make up some big batches. There's there's definitely yeah. some outlay involved with that. Yeah. Speaking of of Kickstarters, now I don't know how much I'm. I like I didn't have to sign anything, so I'm not under any kind of contract. But, um, I know, right? It's it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I then, like that setup. Where's this going? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know if you can. No, you can't see it. So the newest any cubic. 3D printer is a Texas Instruments halfway designed uh, digital light projection 3D printer. There is no LCD screen. It's just a straight up mirror with a projector inside. And it projects up through plexiglass and it makes your print. Um, right now, there's like one person on the internet that has this printer that has made a two minute video showing the print and it looks exceptional i've been trying to get this thing to print all day they they didn't send me like the right kind of resin for mm. it or some such mm. apparently it's different and and you know we were talking about this earlier you and i about how we were thinking like yeah the regular resin probably works just fine right ha ha no <laughs> like i cannot get it to print <laughs> like nine failed prints okay um, but I thought it was interesting. They sent me a packet that was like, oh, here's the, uh, you know, the, like the pitch, right? Um, they're actually running a Kickstarter for this printer exclusively, like specifically. And I thought that was really interesting because it seems a little weird to me that like a company that's put out tons of really good printers without doing a Kickstarter would then for this specific printer do a Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird the way that, you know, Kickstarter works and you do make more money by driving up the hype and making it an event. Yeah, yeah. making an event out of out of selling a new product. Um, I actually think I saw a post from from Danny 
And of course, Danny runs it with his 3D printed tabletop with its lost adventures and stuff. He sells STL files and mm-hmm. uh, like D&D modules as, kick- as a Kickstarter product. And they do well, and he is yeah. able to support his family with that. Uh, and and certainly making an event out of that yeah. is the way to make that model work, is is the way to raise enough money to be able to keep you know, uh, commissioning the design of models to keep writing modules for, for, you know, campaigns and support his family. Um, and so sometimes, yeah, like, like in that situation, cool. Uh, a lot of times he has already at this point, at least, I think a lot of times he has already invested the money in getting things designed and in being ready to release the product or at least some of the product pretty quickly after the yeah. thing is funded and it is it is um like i, I backed his his projects just you know why not uh, and it is mm-hmm. quick it's definitely quick yeah. like a lot of that stuff's pre-made yeah. yeah i mean a lot of the yeah the stl file kickstarters they've already invested the money they have the files ready to go a lot most of the time now yeah um so it so the kind of the original idea of kickstarter is you're providing you know startup funds or the original yeah, idea the, yeah <laughs> yeah that's the original idea and now it's just a way to you know kind of capitalize on hype making sure that you're getting the project in front of enough eyeballs to to really make a profit on each of these things yeah which is all which is all fine and good but yeah for for a piece of technology that's rapidly evolving um uh, you know i actually right. saw a facebook post from danny that's like you know yeah for for a printer, I mean, the generation time on these things is fast. It's like, months. Months. Yeah, it's, it's certainly insane. certainly less than a year. But yeah, less than two years ago, we were talking about the regular AnyCubic Photon. For yeah. for most of the last year, we've kind of been working on like the the AnyCubic Mono like Photons. Monos, yeah, Monos came out. Yeah, uh, like and I've been on the Mono for a while. Yeah, and now there's the projection screen is the new thing. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, I think this is awesome. Like the the technology is coming along fast, and like some of these are real improvements. The the or, projection or least, screen, interestingly, yeah. is seven twenty p. Like the the actual resolution is just straight up seven twenty, but it prints at a resolution that's like triple four k. Because of whatever, just because it's being projected, like yeah. so what if the image is seven twenty? It doesn't actually matter. It's it's going at a like by pixel level it's it's insane like uh the anti-aliasing on the dlp is like you can go up to 16 instead of like four Hmm. like it's insane like it's all it's all new it's all crazy and i don't know how to make it work (laughs) yeah well you get there but but yeah the the technology on this stuff is moving fast yeah and so (laughs) I mean, would you kickstart like a laptop? Like, would that's, you that's would you kickstart? Thing, right? That's, that's yeah, why it's I weird. Mean, and, and the technology is moving faster than a laptop. Like the oh, the technology so, is yeah. moving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like at least graphics cards are like you know people are talking about like the the thirty ninety or whatever, like it's coming out. Right. Right, uh, and that's gonna happen, and it'll be a thing for like a year, year and a half until yeah, forty twenty comes out, whatever. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, uh, printers are 
I am very interested in all these printers that are coming out, but at this point, they're disposable technology. They're they're evolving quickly, yeah. and I'm, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm at the point where I'm completely willing to skip a generation or two just to to, you know, yeah, gotta keep gotta wait those for that improvements uh, and eight K, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like cell phone is is a better comparison. Like you don't buy yeah, the iPhone yeah. every year and don't kickstart an iPhone. Like right. you know, buy <laughs> God, try try to aim for every four or five years and when you drop your phone in the toilet, then okay, you can get one on, on year two or three, but yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Speaking of which I think I'm up for a for a new phone upgrade. That's that's what I got. Right, it's like I think yeah, two good, and a half good, or good. three years or something. Yeah. Or phone upgrades. It's like they time you on purpose. They're like, look, you, you don't need this. We want you to buy it, but you don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the... Man, selling a Kickstarter... Kickstarter printer is weird. I don't like it. What I'm saying. I think it's yeah. weird. Uh, and I was not aware of that until I got the email from them it was like oh hey here's the here's like the the press like clipping and it was like you're doing a kickstarter <laughs> like what <laughs> like why didn't you tell me that well i mean you it, know? It, like it is a successful business model it is specifically a successful business model in the 3d printing community just not just for the actual STLs, hardware yeah. yeah yeah and i and i mean there's a chance that it'll make decent money uh, except for all of the people they they're sending printers to are saying like, why would you ever kickstart that? Like you, you <laughs> right. and me I and Danny are know. like uh, are all uh, people that they have sent review stock to in the past. That's or, true. Or present yeah. even, and we're right, like, well, yeah. that's a bad. What? No, don't do not buy that. <laughs> right. Um. I mean, I don't know because like they're. I it, it all depends, right? On like what their actual goals are. I just find it very strange. Um. Yeah. And the fact that. I can't get the sprinter to work. And again, might just be that I'm not using the right kind of resin or whatever. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, this makes me think, I wonder if the, the like loading of the you know, free radical initiator is different in this because of like the, the quantity of photons hitting it is different. And I mean, it's possible the, the color yeah. of light is different and they are even using a different, you know, activator molecule. Like maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's possible except in the actual manual, it says like, the 405 okay. nanometer or whatever, whatever should work. There's also okay. an adjustable UV. Uh, you can adjust it to mm. like be stronger or less, you know? Um, so I've been messing with that and it, it's weird. It like, it creates a film like where the raft would go. Yeah. It's a start. It's so weird. You'll know. you'll get there. I mean, you've just had it for a day. We'll we'll check back in later and see how you're doing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I thought it was interesting yeah. though. You know, with the the Kickstarter, we're just talking about that. So yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I've got a a quick Kickstarter to mention here. I think it's going to be on Kickstarter. So I got to meet uh, via Skype call this week Joseph Piddington, who is the director of the miniature wargaming the movie. So this All was right. the documentary that uh was up on on amazon in the u.s and i think it's on other platforms in other countries but it's yeah. um yeah kind of the first 
mass release of a documentary about our hobby of of miniature wargaming and uh yeah the, the the film had a lot of interviews from big names in the in the space yeah and then it also followed around i think like four characters of just hobbyists or or people who run small companies and you know uh the, the critique i offered is that the just by chance kind of the storylines for all of the people they followed ended up like not having right, triumphant conclusions yeah. and uh, i think they all turned out fine like they're they're all doing all right but the uh, i don't know the the 6 months or the year or so that they got followed around a little bit with a video camera just <laughs> right. kind of led to yeah, anti climax for all of them essentially <laughs> yeah and i i suppose yeah. it's just uh that's that's the risk, right? With a, a documentary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Luck of the draw. Yeah. The, the ones that were really interested in playing a game bolt action went to a tournament and it ended up being like a really small, Just not that cool tournament. Shop. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Bummer. one of the guys who was developing a game got a, got a phone call halfway through the film that was essentially like a cease and desist call. And so <laughs> they stopped making their game. Uh. Um, and um yeah the the guy who was making resin bunkers like kept making resin bunkers and yeah which is cool but uh yeah didn't 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 like escalate from there didn't didn't uh right like didn't didn't sell out of their resin <laughs> bunkers and or i don't know yeah but, but yeah so it it's was supposed to be a good thing right like it, it was an inter- <laughs> it was definitely an interesting movie it was uh it, you know, I, I ranked it, I bought it on Amazon and I ranked it a solid four out of five stars and I'm glad it exists. And, yeah. uh, yeah. So I got to talk to, to jo- Joseph Piddington the, the other day and, and meet him. And he, um, he's still sitting on like hundreds of hours of interviews that he did for that film. Sure. Sure. And so, uh, a lot of them are from, you know, kind of like big names in the history of wargaming. So, James Perry? Am I getting that right? Something Perry. Matthew Perry? Well, there's Perry brothers. What's one of them James and one of them Matthew? Okay, Perry, so Perry. so where I'm going with this is he's sitting on all these these interviews and he's kind of releasing them as a mini series. And I think that's gonna be part of a Kickstarter campaign. That makes sense. So this is more of something to keep an eye on. And so man, I'm forgetting the name of the Perry brothers, but 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 one of them is going to be somebody with the last name Perry. And this is going to be my opportunity to remember these names. There are so many names that are floating around in this industry. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, I've, yeah. I've heard of that. And yeah. and if I sit down and watch like an hour film with like an interview of these people, I will finally be able to differentiate between them. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there are so many names. Some of them are in the this upcoming series. It's called um, it's called the Wargaming Stories. Is going to be the name okay. of this series of interviews. And you know, man, there's so many names. Uh, Blanchitsu, uh, Perry. Uh, you, you got your Matt Wards. You got your yeah. I don't know. There's there's just a zillion names that people throw around, and like you're supposed to know who they are. Oh, like if you were living in that corner of England in the 1980s, uh, uh, and you would yeah. know who they were. But right. <laughs> uh, 
so many names that are kind of you know tossed around as like weird demigods of of this like branch of nerddom and yeah uh, yeah no, a... I, it would be really useful for me f to watch them give an interview and just just talk about stuff and be like oh that's who that guy is and just so i can finally put a face with a name and stop mixing them all up and, and yeah like yeah yeah <laughs> well, that's uh, cool these are the, who's who's the one that did the the demonettes the old the old uh, demonettes uh one one uh yeah hidalgo no no Is not it? not not one ds one ds yeah i mean yes. there's, there's all these names ah blanchitsu juan diaz right uh, perry brothers uh <laughs> and we're making fools of ourselves for, for me i mean i know some people like know exactly who all these folks yes, are absolutely. and like know exactly what projects they're someone associated is screaming with. at you right now they're just the whole time yeah. you've been saying this like his name is not blanchitsu brent well, actually, 95% of the people listening to this are in exactly the same boat I am, where they've heard some of these names imagine. before, yeah. but they have no idea who these people actually are. That's and true. I think it would be really interesting to see an interview with a couple of them, so that uh, at least can cross those off the list of, like, actually associating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, N not just, like, uh, name drop dropping and rattling stuff off, like, you know what you're talking Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we have so no idea what we're talking about. That's still on the horizon. Uh, uh -huh. I think uh, Joseph was saying that he was actually working on some busts for, for a couple of the big names. And so I think he had three busts. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm okay. things. He had some busts. Like, like he had, some of uh, like the, the old school sculptor dudes are making? Or, or he I'm, I'm is not even getting... sure. I'm not uh, like... <laughs> In the vein of uh, them paddling around a Viking boat is my oh, understanding. Oh, you mean like bus of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's totally different. I thought it was like bus by them. Uh, I'm not sure what the whole story is. I don't want to spoil things. Well, uh, of them I'm, is, I'm, is like quite I think weird. this is this is planned as kind of like a campaign style release, or or it's sure, um, sure. purchasing more than just the video files was the idea. And okay. this is all still on the horizon. Uh, I don't want to, don't want to give any any huge spoilers or say anything that's not true. But keep yeah, an but eye I out mean, for uh, yeah, he's coming to he's coming to the Kickstarter. Yeah, that's, that's what he's keep an doing. eye out for the wargaming stories. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what we're saying. I have to imagine when it actually gets there, we'll, we'll be talking about it again. Like, of course. Oh, oh, we will, we will. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So whatever uh, misinformation we're sharing right now, like it'll yeah, be so, corrected uh, by the we time will be it correcting all of the <laughs> false things that we just yeah, said. Uh, I don't yeah. think Juan Diaz is actually one of the interviewees. Uh, I I'm not sure what uh, Mr. Perry's first name is. Pretty Steve? sure his surname is Perry. Uh, Steve Perry. It's definitely Steve Perry. Steve Perry. Yep. Steve Perry. Steve Perry Games. There you go. <laughs> Steve I know. Perry, like, I know. Okay. okay. I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So so that update from Brent was I had a Skype meeting with some guy and I forgot a lot of what he told me, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was cool. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Probably gonna come up again. Pro I, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. But I mean, <laughs> you know, when when like some guys reach out to me. 
I take meetings. Yeah, it's good to yeah. meet some guys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Speaking of meeting guys, Ooh. Uh, I've been talking with... Uh, What's up, guy? Well, not guy. Different guy. Different, two different guys. Anyways. Uh, I was just calling you guy. Like, hey, oh. chief. Hey, pal. Hey, buddy. Okay. No, it's just because we know someone named Guy. It's, it's, I thought you were... Never mind. Um, Lowercase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, so I've been, I've been talking with uh, Lachlan from Zorpa Zorp and Ollie from Broadsword Wargaming. Those guys. Um, yeah, those guys. Those guys. So, like, literally opposite ends of the earth from where I am. Um, so like actually talking to them at the same time has been a real chore. <laughs> it's been interesting. Cause it's like, there's a very fine window of when everyone is awake. So it's like, we figured it out the other day. It was, uh, it was like 6am for, for Lachlan midnight for Ollie. And it was like four in the afternoon for me. <laughs> it's like the sure. only time we were all awake. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But the reason I've been talking to him, cause, uh, I mean, well, I've actually been talking to Ollie for a while. Uh, we've been trying to get something going for uh, like a collaboration, right? Like I was going to send him a bunch of models, um, which I actually did a video for and said they were for him um, to do some war cry. Uh, well, in light of the uh, the new kill team coming out, um, he had talked to Lachlan about doing some kill team stuff because he just made like a huge kill team board. Uh, I think his video actually came out last week as this video is coming out, this podcast comes out. So, you know, mm-hmm, check that mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah, so I'm building two of the same kill teams and I'm sending one to each of them. And then we will be then playing kill team at some point <laughs> over the internets. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of stoked. Sounds good. That. The only issue is that I have to have them done and shipped out by the week that we get back from going to Florida. So as this podcast comes out, it is currently Monday, which means that both Brent and I are on an airplane literally right now. Um, and I have to send these out by this Friday. Yes, two full kill teams that I don't know how to build. Because the rules aren't out yet. <laughs> I'm sure you'll figure it out. Yeah. So I'm just, I want to throw that out there because it's, it's going to be a very interesting, like, right when I get back from, you know, a 12 hour flight, it's going to be like, go to bed, wake up, build two kill teams to a good standard and ship them halfway across the world. So that's it's going to be fun. That's a good week right there. I yeah. think so. I think it'll be a good week. That's, that's going to be the whole thing. It's like, all right, it's going to put, put some effort into this. Yeah. yeah. No, it sounds yeah. great. That sounds great. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, I'm excited about those. Those dudes are pretty cool and uh, should be a fun time. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I Wait. like uh, I like both of those guys. Uh, Lockie and Ollie. Yep. Good, good dudes, good channels. Yeah. Hopefully you. Speaking of which, too, um, I'm just gonna move into some some news because I have some news. The uh, the can or Canada opened the uh, the border again, mm-hmm. so if you are fully vaccinated, you can go from the United States to Canada, and vice versa. 
Uh, which means that thing we talked about doing with Dana is now open, and maybe we should go up there to help her with her broken arm because she can't paint. Yeah, you know, there's this joke that we say teal in every podcast episode, but I think yeah, without actually fail. Dana Howell is what we actually say in every uh, podcast episode. That, that is actually uh, kind of hand in hand with teal, if you know what I'm saying. It just kind of goes teal it's true. and uh, fluorescent, true. pink, and yeah, uh, we. Uh, you know we're we're vaxxed up, we're masked up, and we're yeah. we're traveling. Uh, I, that's yeah, that's where that's where my head's at right now. I'm in a, I'm in a yeah. traveling mood. Did the the last time I tried to cross into Canada for half work, half pleasure, uh, yeah. mini painting, they sent me to the long line. Like they really, they clearly had an express line. <laughs> and looking at like, you uh, like, uh, yeah, like kiss, <laughs> kiss. This guy doesn't belong here. Yeah, and like a extra shaky questions. stories line. Uh, and they sent me to the <laughs> shaky stories line yeah. <laughs> because you're like, uh, I'm I'm coming to Canada to uh, build tiny houses with a man and his children. Yeah. <laughs> so this was the time Excuse I went me. to go visit Neil at Real Terrain Hobbies, and we spent five yeah. days painting some some tiny houses and uh you know my bag was packed with with goblins as as that uh, is you know scenery dressing long line yeah <laughs> and yeah seriously uh i so i i live near the border of canada and i've had reasons to go into canada many times during my life and every other boarding border crossing i've gone to has been the quickest thing in the world just like a, yeah yeah go ahead yeah you uh you carrying anything you shouldn't be? No, I don't think so. Like, oh, you know, have fun, eh? Like, and then right. they just you know like, waved on by. And this was like, yeah, they put me in the three-hour line with the, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> with the guy and, with and, the and, like, shady there's, birthday there's a line right next to me with the like spot. all the other people going through super quick, and yeah, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm in the line with uh, <laughs> yeah the exchange students from Africa and stuff, and just right, like right. That. The the, the complicated know, the, the people matter. from more interesting countries than just like Americans going to Canada, and uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I I I don't know. It's almost a shame you didn't ask them like more specifically. Like, hey, what was it? Like, what was it that? Yeah, uh, I don't think you're supposed to get like too confrontational with them. Oh, and, I don't mean and, in and any. Plus, and plus, you know. I mean they they do this stuff all day, so they are not interested in conversations. Probably and, not. Uh, like, <sighs> make it worse. Uh, and and yeah, like their their answer will just be like that line. Are you sure I'm supposed to be in that line? That line. Like, uh, why am I going in? Is that the fast line? That line. Like, yeah, yeah you're, not, yeah, yeah. you're not making any progress with these. Oh, people. I mean, as they strip search you, like, yeah, a little bit personal. <laughs> well, they didn't go that far. They just put me in the the slow line. That's all. The slow line. But um, you know, maybe the uh, the Niagara Crossing is is a little bit easier. I'm sure they have to have a decent throughput on that, but. I would yeah, imagine. the the Toronto airport port, the Toronto International Airport was not in a particular hurry to get internationals into uh into the country that day. But... Canada doesn't seem too keen on on that most of the time. Like yeah, like if it's a local thing, like oh you're just driving to get the good beer, like okay, like sure, yeah, maybe maybe but there otherwise... is a, a, like a big difference between car and uh... right. I think there is. And... Like, yeah. I feel like, it, it, oh, you have a one-way ticket to Canada, <laughs> sir? Like, uh, yes. You're planning on leaving Canada? Uh, uh yes. <laughs> Someday. Like, uh... <laughs> it, it is cool how 
you know, people in our hobby are spread out really throughout the entire world. Yes. And, and that was kind of the point I was getting at of the, the yeah. Lucky and Ollie thing. It's like, it's literally opposite ends of the earth. And yeah. we're going to try and play some kill team together. It's insane. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I think it's, I think it's going to have a happy ending. I think you guys are going to have fun. Yeah. And, uh, someday, Casey, we will go to Canada, but but first, let's go to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and on that horrible, horrible, disappointing news, <laughs> I gotta scroll down to my notes because I don't remember how to. Uh, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. As always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. You can finish your drink. Still hear everything? Hearing you fine. Okay. I got my drink, my frogs, got some mushroom people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. You know those, uh... I don't think you see this. You know these these little fellas? Is that a thumbtack? Yeah, but for the top of super glue? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just stepped on that. Uh, I'm not wearing shoes. <laughs> that that kind of hurt. Yeah. My foot's probably bleeding. I got Crocs on myself. Yeah, see, I, I don't have any of those uh, indoor Crocs. I, you know, I was, uh, I was lent a pair of Crocs once. Yeah, I went over to, uh, my friend's house. And I've only ever been there once, because, like, it's just one of those things. But, uh, yeah, so I had to take off my shoes, you know, because they're like, you know, okay, you know, take off your shoes when you get there. Yeah, we have complimentary Crocs for everyone. Um, that was, it was very interesting and, and, and actually got me thinking, like, maybe, maybe Crocs aren't the worst thing in the whole world after all. Uh, pretty very good, comfortable. Dude. Yeah, they're I was surprised. Good, I don't know if they were just trying to sell Crocs to people coming in, but uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of nice, like complimentary. Like it's like getting slippers somewhere, like at a, a fancy hotel. Yeah, but in this case, they just have a rack of Crocs. You know, what size are you? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. afterwards, they take them in the backyard and hose them off real good. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's your uh, free hot tip of the day. Get Crocs. Yeah, get yeah, get Crocs. All right. What's why don't up, you guys? <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> I was gonna was a, like a pre-intro. I don't know how that's gonna work for us. I don't think it's gonna work. I don't Let's think we do have that. it. We can't do a pre-intro because then there'd be the whole like awkward waiting for the music section. Mm-hmm. And if there isn't a music section, then that's no good. So so maybe, um, okay. Uh, Matt, cut around this and maybe stick this somewhere if it works. I Matt don't know. knows where the podcast starts. <laughs> right, 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 right. All right.